Welcome to episode 224 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. In today's episode, we talk about what happens when you can't close on your home purchase. So today, follow up from episode 223, where we talked about home buyers being in a desperate situation and this whole thing about people complaining about the new home prices being they, much lower. They want the onus to be on the builders. They want to the onus to be on the builder. Them, blah, 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 blah. If you didn't watch it, go and watch it. Today, we're talking about what happens if I can't close on my home purchase. Which many of everyone in that article should probably watch because or good. listen or listen because you can listen to this podcast anywhere. That's right. Anywhere. Hey, just on a side note, so today I started, it's one of my favorite ways to start the day, is going to Glen Eden, getting an hour of snowboarding in. And when I'm there, whether by myself or with Alicia or with the kids, we always take the stairs up. I don't know the last time you were there, but there's this, there's two elevators and then there's a set of stairs that go to the top. You take a bridge across the railway to get to the hill. And we always take the stairs. And today uh, was a great example of why there's somebody... When I arrived, they were stuck in the elevator. And when I left, they were still stuck in the elevator. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah. Anyways, that brings us to this podcast. Awful segue. It is. There's actually no connection whatsoever <laughs> other than me physically being here. You know, Glen here. Eden is actually a bit of a hidden gem in Milton. Like a lot of people moving to Milton for the first time, they don't know that Kelso has a nice little beach. You can rent canoes and kayaks you can go to mountain biking if you're into climbing uh mountain biking hiking but um, when i'm there picnicking picnicking yeah i don't don't spend much time there in the summer because for me it's more ski snowboarding but in the winter when i'm going up on the lift if i go in the morning by myself i meet people from all over there's people coming from scarborough markham Kitchener, yeah. Cambridge, Waterloo. Like people drive a fair distance for that hill. I wouldn't. It's not that good. Yeah, but, but for a seven-minute drive from home, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. A quick tip for anybody new to Milton: get yourself a conservation Halton pass for the season. Family pass. It's a great, great investment. You've got some great conservation areas close what is by. The season. I don't know. I think it's the year, actually, because all these conservation areas the trails are, are still open. Yeah. Depending Some on condition and um, like Mount Nemo, as an example, there are some times where they close it off because if there's too much ice um, on the on the paths, it becomes yeah, dangerous. And they're probably right? not groomed. No. No. Oh, there's probably some paths that are for cross-country skiing sure. or snowshoeing, whatever, but yeah, fewer. Anyways. So, All right. Can't if, close on my new house. Can't close on my new house. We've had this happen. Uh, representing, I don't think I've ever had it happen representing the buyer, but we've been on the other, I've been on the other end of it a few times where the buyers of properties we had for sale uh, couldn't close. And I'll <laughs> let you take over. You're just a I'm wealth of knowledge today. Well, I don't want to take, because last time I started talking, you're like, you're taking my points. You're taking all my points. You are liable for the expenses and the shortfall after the property resells. So, and more. And more. I just want to add that in. There's an, I I will cite an article. For those of you listening, Adrian got very interactive with his hands up when he said that. Um, 
Let's give an example. Buyer purchases the home, million bucks. Can't close. Had a $50,000, 5% deposit. Sounds like a very specific example. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a very realistic example. Buyer doesn't want to close, can't close, can't sell their home, whatever. Seller still needs to sell their house, goes back on the market. It resells for $900,000. There is now a shortfall of hundred grand. The cost of reselling it and the cost of that shortfall can be, I'll keep it vague because this is all up to lawyers and the courts because you will be. It's not to be taken lightly. It's not to be taken lightly. You will be sued. Most likely. Most likely. Unless you just. And you are liable for any of the expenses. And more. And more. <laughs> um, so it could be costly. Now, there could be negotiation to avoid litigation. So the buyer's lawyer could go to the seller's lawyer. And by the way, realtors at that point probably are not involved in that equation. Should not be. And should not be. So speaking to realtors, stay out of it. Direct them stay to their lawyers. Let them handle out. it. And to those to the purchaser and buyer, it's probably best you leave it to your lawyer to handle this situation because there could be litigation. So to avoid going to court, those two lawyers may have negotiation back and forth. So as an example, the buyer might say to the seller, a, uh, seller's lawyer that they'll forgo the deposit if you sign a mutual release. So in this case, if the buyer can't close, doesn't want to close, whatever, they have 50 grand on the line, their lawyer might go to the seller's lawyer and say, hey, we'll forego the 50 grand deposit. You guys keep that, but we want a mutual release to release us of any legal liability we're totally out, but you keep the 50 grand. Yeah. The seller might look at it and say, well, we still think we can sell it for a million bucks if we go back on the market. So we're ahead. So that could happen. Be cautious as the seller, though, in terms of agreeing to anything without the direction of your lawyer, because mm -hmm. if you agree to accept compensation of any sort, that could be considered you. Uh, establishing an agreement with the buyer and releasing them of all responsibility. Correct. Uh, there was so what I was getting uh, excited about and saying and more. There was a story in I probably talked about this before. There was a story in Toronto. A house sold the you know I don't know what the numbers were at the top of my head and se selling price, but the buyer couldn't close. The buyer had a hundred thousand dollar deposit on this home they had purchased. They. Uh, so the seller ultimately resold, and they resold for a hundred thousand more than the original buyer paid. Mm -hmm. So now they've got a hundred thousand dollar deposit from the original buyer and a hundred thousand dollar higher selling price. They went to court, and the court awarded the seller the deposit. So even though there was no loss in that situation, there was a contractual obligation, right? So. Yeah, definitely not to be taken lightly. Now, what can you do? I would say the best advice I would have for a buyer, aside from consulting your lawyer first, is don't leave it to the last minute. You know, it's good to um, 
try to figure things out early. And maybe you've got a seller on the other end of the equation that's empathetic and they, they've, maybe they've been in your shoes before or they, you know, appreciate, uh, and they're, they have sympathy for you and maybe they'll work with you. It usually happens in this scenario usually happens in the shift of the market. Not oftentimes when things in the market are steady eddy that, you know, you have deals going sideways because a buyer can't close. So in this circumstance, well, you know, we're a 16% reduction in, in, the average home price year over year right now. And on a $2 million purchase, you're talking a $320,000 swing. So much like in the last episode when we spoke about buying and selling in the same market, that's number one. You, you need to have your home, if it's not already listed or sold, and you're planning on buying first and then selling, you need to ensure your home is going to be ready to go on the market pretty quickly. Like don't all of a sudden start painting and doing those maintenance repairs um, and then waiting for the property to be staged, photographed and on the, uh, on the market. Cause then you're talking maybe a two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight week spread. Yeah. Um, and you can see a significant shift in the market during that period of time. The other factor is don't overestimate the value of your home. In fact, you should underestimate to allow for that cushion in what you are comfortable in your in your range of spending. Well, the, the, the challenge there too, though, is... Um, a lot of homeowners may be very disconnected from the market and have no idea. So they're relying on their realtor who may. Or they're bringing in a realtor too late into that equation. That happens a lot. That happens very often. Yeah. Um, but a lot of buyers, I think they feel like, okay, well, that's my best scenarios. I just, I can't close. I can't afford, you know, I'm, I'm a couple hundred thousand dollars short of being able to afford to close now for whatever circumstances have occurred. Um, so the outcome though is okay well you can close and be stretching yourself financially or you cannot close and still have to absorb that loss now you just don't have a house to show for it yeah right like if the seller now sells for 200,000 less and they sue you for that you're still stuck in your townhouse instead of the nice detached house and you've had to take another $200,000 mortgage to pay that right that's an awful position to that be in. That would not be fun. We had one of those instances. Yeah. And the seller won. They won the shortfall and it went to court. They won the shortfall plus all of the additional, ex- we got paid twice. Yeah. So. Well, carrying costs, hydro, car- property taxes, everything. Right. All the new staging costs, the new realtor costs, um, additional lawyer fees. You're paying all the lawyer fees in the in the lawsuit. So it's interesting, though. It is generally only when there's a big market shift. That's when we see it the most. But there was one other time it happened where the buyer, um, I think this is going back a long time. I think the buyer was going through a divorce, so they bought a condo and. Then they decided not to get divorced. Do you remember that? No. This is going back probably close to nine It could happen if you lose a job. Sure. Or there's a death uh, in, you know, one of the associated pieces of the puzzle. So one of the buyers or a buyer's family. I wonder what would happen there. What if you bought it jointly with your spouse 
and your spouse died. Ooh, great would contract, question. Would the contract be null and void now because the person's no longer around? Please refer to your lawyer. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think if a house burns down, you can't close on the transaction because what's being transacted doesn't exist. So if one of the parties dies, does that nullify the agreement? We should find out. That and more in an upcoming episode of KT Confidential, yeah. the real estate podcast. With a lawyer as a guest. With a lawyer as a guest. All right. Well, we talked about everything there. So if anybody has any comments, any uh, any experience or history uh, with a similar situation, we'd love to hear your feedback. As always, um, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening or watching. Make sure you subscribe. Do us a solid. Thank you.